Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uptana, and today we'll be looking at various areas of the Akashic you can visit and work with beyond the Akashic Library or your Akashic Room. While most people know of the Akashic Library, this isn't the only structure in the Akashics. It's part of a larger urban space, the Grand Akashic City. The library is more commonly visited by those who are embodied because the majority of people working with the Akashics are seeking Akashic records, which are housed in the library. However, there are exponentially more souls not embodied than are at any given time, and their current lessons, apprenticeships, practical application, and internships happen throughout the rest of the Akashics. As what is information and education in the library needs to be converted into useful skills and wisdom, it's common if not expected that students will make their way to the Akashic City for advanced studies. Located on this city's edge, the library serves as a gateway for visitors to enter and explore. While it's mostly inhabited and visited by souls who are not embodied at the moment, everyone is welcome within the city and many people who have participated in guided visualization gathered revelatory experiences in prayer or meditation, or who have woken from classroom dreams will recognize the landscape. Most of these kinds of experience focus on the experience or lesson, and so the person doesn't often notice the building involved as part of a larger setting. Also, as we tend to teleport in via thought process and then pop out again, most people haven't walked the city consciously to explore what it holds. For those wishing to expand their healing practices, to go further with their spiritual studies, or to discover more of what the universe holds, a walk down the streets can be enlightening. There are healers and healing practices dotted throughout the city. Healers in the Akashics may focus on one modality, but all are holistic in their approach. Many of these healers are skilled at working with those who are currently embodied. They can answer questions, provide healing, and give insights into underlying issues which are causing the symptoms. Often, their answers are multi-layered, dealing not only with the high level, but also with overarching patterns evident in the current life and whatever issue is most relevant in the moment. Beyond these are the healers who specialize. There's a group who continue to work with what we would consider light and sound healing. Various qualities of light or visual radiation have different properties, some of which can be used to provide nourishment and healing. These healers work with the physical radiation of light even when it moves beyond the visual range of the patient. They also use it for emotional healing, which is possible through the visible spectrum of light and the energetics of light as an aspect of prana or fire and heat. Their insights into the healing properties of visual arts can inspire and sometimes open healers and artists to new avenues in their craft. Along with light, these healers work with sound and what they think of as vibration. From the intricate songs of the beings which create and maintain the physical laws of our universe, to the angels and guardians which keep things in motion, to our own vibrations, they're able to discern what is harmonious, what is out of harmony, and add their own song to help bring things beyond balance into creative generation and participation. Anyone who wishes to learn how to apply these skills can enter and join in the work at any time. There's a group of healers who work with structures, they begin with the fundamental building blocks of raw akasha, spinning it into energetic forms which are self-supporting. 
From this substrate of what is thought of in scientific fields as the Akashic or A field, they then work with things such as time and information to create the matrix for embodied life. This is most pertinent when we think of chi or ley lines, the chi of the planet. Chi is our soul transforming into an embodied state moment to moment. It's the life force brought in raw form into us, created by us into, well, us, and then released into the world through a variety of means. It's what acupuncturists are seeking to adjust with their needles and what Chinese herbalists are examining when looking for what is blocked or hyperactive. This detailed structure is the map of who we are in physical form. From the platonic ideal structure to the unique expression, which is each individual, the structure holds us together, gives us identity, and supports us in growth and becoming. Working with these healers can provide insights into how qi and therefore most energy healing modalities work, how it can be used beyond healing to manifest things into embodied life, and also how to use it as a communication tool to connect with greater structures like geographic areas, non-embodied beings, and planetary energy sources. In their building are the architectural plans for tools which can focus and channel energy for ceremony. There are rooms where individuals can see spiritual tools like crystal wands, orbs, ceremonial symbols, and more. All of these are meant not as informational or purely educational, but instructions for what and how to build or acquire the tools for working with them in embodied life. This is the place where you can find out how to work with pyramid structures, how to utilize orbs, create medicine wheels, work with stone circles, and much more. Within the city is a hall which is a hub for those who interact with the various forms of embodied life which exist in the universe. This is called the Hall of Harmony. One of its lower levels is filled with a replica of what we consider the chakra system. How we understand the chakras is, in general, as energy access points within our embodied form, allowing us to maintain a spiritual life in an encased state. They can be seen as a means to synchronize our physical experience with our soul, creating a fully participatory spiritual practice. They can also aid us in maintaining physical health or give us access to our true nature as souls and the wisdom we left behind. However, this is a very narrow understanding and usage of chakras at the purely soul level. Within the chakra level of the Hall of Harmony are what appear to be chakras, glowing balls which vary in size depending on the person interacting with them or the activity in progress. In general, people experience them as ranging in size from that of a compact car to a 20 foot by 20 foot room. Each chakra is both a portal to and source of pure chakra energy. Individuals may enter into them in order to experience the specific chakra unfiltered can use them as a means of traveling to areas associated with this energy, vibration, or communication, or even pull some of their substance away for healing work or meditation. Each chakra is interconnected with all the others, so individuals can walk them somewhat like walking a labyrinth or the Stations of the Cross. There are more chakras than we use in embodied form, and each is represented in this room, which can be interesting to investigate. Those beings who specialize in working with chakras are more than happy to help new visitors explore all they have to offer, including complex interconnections with color, sound, chi, and physical health. Further into the city is what is known as the healing complex. This is not a place where healing is provided, but where healers perfect their skills, research new issues as they form, and 
bring together the experience and wisdom from myriads of specialists crossing innumerable specialties. There are angels who focus on difficulties with dimensional conflicts, souls who function purely through what we would consider mathematics, beings whose sole purpose is the creation of life and life structures, and much more. Just one of the interesting areas within the complex is the space reserved for working with human manifestation structures. This includes individual spaces for each character in the Hebrew Aleph Bet, for each iteration of the symbols within the I Ching, for each rune in the Futhark symbol system, each character in the Cherokee syllabary, and much more. Each is a living structure in its own right with much wisdom to share. Mystics from before recorded time have meditated with individual symbols of this nature in order to communicate with and learn the wisdom therein. This is a place where individuals can come and consciously interact with these structures. Also within the Akashic City are buildings dedicated to the various beings we consider deities. There are buildings for those we have long since forgotten, those who are currently revered, and for those we've not yet discovered. Each not only provides access to wisdom and experience with the deity, but also access to those who work with and help support the deity. This includes halls for the archangels filled with angels who act on their behalf, temples for the Hindu aspects of God as well as the Egyptian, Greek, Norse, Roman, Mayan, and Aztec gods, just to name a few. There are deities who were lost to us in the tragedies of Atlantis and Mu, those who have come and gone with tribes and societies which were lost long ago or who are dying out even now. There are deities who do not connect with our current embodied life and those who work with other types of embodiment. People who regularly meditate, pray to, or channel a deity may find they are familiar with a particular building as it's something they knowingly or unknowingly travel to during their practice. For those who are connected with, are devoted to, or simply interested in a particular deity, seeking out their building and asking permission to enter will allow you to experience different levels of connection and relationship with them and the beings who work beside them. This is just a short overview of what there is to find and do in the Akashic City. There's more to experience there than I can explain in any one description. And yet there are other places you can visit which exist beyond it. For example, you can engage in personal transformation by working in an Akashic temple. There are more temples in existence than the mind can encompass. Some are purely functional, somewhat like a power station in the middle of a city, and not for access by the general public, such as the Temple of Time, where linear time is fashioned and monitored, or the Temple of Dimensionality, which creates the various strata by which embodied life exists. However, most temples are places of transformation which anyone can access for their own becoming. Some are a central hub for a specific type of soul manifestation, such as dragons in all their aspects or the various eeries for those in winged forms. There are temples which are completely underwater and those which provide a between space for those who transition back and forth between land and the depths. There are some which are austere places void of distractions and others which are lavish in their comforts. Some are large in order to accommodate groups and communities while others are small and intimate. There's a temple fit for each and every type of transformation and any need which can be imagined, as well as many which are beyond our limited perception of the possible. When a person is ready to enter into transformation, be it for healing, to move into the next phase of their life, to prepare for a relationship or to end one, 
to claim their right to be truly who they are in all aspects of their life, or to begin to experience what this might even be, then a temple answers their call. This works on the same principle of a teacher coming when the student is ready. There's no need to imagine what type of temple you want or would be right. No need to try to create something or call it in. When the person is ready, their soul automatically starts singing like a Tibetan singing bowl, and the temple answers. Working in temples is dramatically different than how people work with a soul book in the Akashic Library or with personal guides in their Akashic room because the speak when spoken to rule doesn't apply. When we enter a temple for the purpose of creating or engaging in a transformational process, we're actively asking for help, support, and the participation of others. Thus, while the temple space might be empty when we enter, there is almost always an immediate feeling of camaraderie, community, and friendship which emanates from them. Often, you can hear voices in pleasant conversation just outside, or music being played before beings enter to continue whatever work has been in progress. These beings will usually acknowledge you and even initiate conversation because they were aware you were coming and have prepared what is necessary to help you. These might be avatars of deities, totems who transform into human forms, guides from your guide team, or guides who come to you specifically for this event. They may be healers or teachers who are available to help you with this implementation of what you are ready to become. They may be peers who have been through this process before and are there to support you in joining the ranks. The possibilities are endless. What is common amongst all of them is, while you may wish to invite beings to be there or even attempt to summon someone, only those who are willing to work with you will come, and they're just as likely to be someone you don't expect as those who you do. Once everyone is gathered, the process will begin, or not, depending on how much you're able to participate. While you may at the time, or at some later point, intellectually understand and internally know what everything means and put it into perspective, like any ceremony, the point is to be present in the now of it all. This doesn't mean be passive, completely receptive, don't ask questions, and just let things happen. The beings who are there to work with you will let you know what your role is, what's expected, what the alternatives are, and support you throughout. You also have what I like to call volume control. You have the ability to say how much you want to do at what speed for how long. Usually, this is limited to how long you can stay focused to remain consciously in the Akashics. Like working with a soul book, we have an automatic shutoff valve in our bodies which yanks us out when we've had enough. This happens either by us falling asleep or through our mind distracting us with thoughts which bring us back into embodied life. Both of these are just fine and shouldn't be seen as a failure. They're a safety feature we should accept and be grateful for even while we may feel frustrated. It's handy to remember linear time only occurs here. So while we may have to go to the temple multiple times just to get through a transformational process, those working there don't experience the time gaps. They recognize time gaps are happening to us, often with bemusement, and simply pick up where they left off as soon as we're back. Doing transformational work in an Akashic temple has amazing benefits because not only does it directly and immediately affect the issue in our embodied life, but it also works holistically on the entirety of our lived experience here as well as at our soul level. Because we're working in the Akashics, the transformation incorporates all of who we are, both our embodied soul and our higher self, and moves us forward on our path in all aspects. 
This has the added effect of allowing us to experience a more direct connection with our higher self and the wisdom it holds. And once you've been introduced to an Akashic temple in this way, a connection forms which allows you continued access as you move forward on your path. For those who are called to transformational work or who just want to know more about what the Akashics has to offer, I have a meditation on my website which can guide you through the process. It's on my freebies page, and I'll put a link to it in the podcast description. But even all of this, the Akashic Library, the metropolis of the Akashic City, and the myriad of personal and public temples, is only a small fraction of what there is to experience. For example, there's an area of the Akashics I like to explore from time to time. I think of it as the hedge maze, but it's more like a wisdom garden. It's built like a classic hedge maze, at least I think it is. I've never made it all the way through. In fact, I don't know if I've even explored a fraction of it. This is in part because it behaves a bit like Wonderland from Alice's perspective. Everything is recognizable, but rarely works the way you would expect it to. For example, from the outside, the hedges are not more than three and a half feet or a little over one meter high. You can see over the entire thing, which goes on for acres and acres and disappears into the distance. It's completely level, has nothing sticking up above the hedges, and yet when you enter it, you can't see beyond the section you're in and the next turning. It's like you become smaller somehow, or the hedges become bigger. I've come across fountains which rival the Trevi Fountain in Rome, but yet seem to nestle in a square room formed by the hedges. I've met beings who seem taller than the hedges and yet are not giants towering over me. It's a trip, and yet it all makes sense in the way of dreams. From what I've learned, the purpose of the hedge maze is not to be a game where people get lost and have to figure their way out. The hedge maze is there to help you move from the limits of linear logic, of cause and effect, and of expectations which mirror a limited reality based on negative experiences. It's meant to reawaken you to the connection between your soul and your life, to the possibilities and remembrance of how the world really works and what's actually important. That's where the mystery part of the maze comes in. When people are looking for some aspect of the Akashics, which works like tarot or runes, like an oracle able to tell them what they most need to know, I like to send them to this place. Within its twists and turns, the maze brings you face to face with objects and beings who are there specifically to help you with the thing you most need, or need to know about, or need to face. I've had my first introduction to mentors, counselors, and teachers there who have become integral to my life's purpose and I've continued to work with them throughout the years. These beings have gone straight to the point, gifting me with stunning aha moments which have taken my life in unforeseen and amazing directions. In exploring the maze, I've found objects which have led me to depths of understanding and study which have enriched my life exponentially. I haven't always liked the answers I received, but that's true of any spiritual journey I've undertaken. The truth may set you free, but that doesn't mean it's necessarily fun or pretty or even nice. Something else I've found about the hedge maze is, unlike other areas of the Akashics, the insights and answers and enlightenment I get there are very straightforward. The information is much less a fortune cookie wrapped in a riddle carried in a conundrum. Instead, I get clear big picture answers, action items, or direct communication. What's even more magical, at least to my mind, is the answers can also come as directed actions in the physical. It seems to me, as I work with a hedge maze over time, 
that because it's dealing with what is most necessary concerning this point in time in this embodied life, it helps manifest things, supporting my efforts to live my best and most successful life here. So working in the maze can help move projects forward, help us achieve goals, and bring about dreams which seemed far off in time and space. The Akashics is an immense place with many, many options for learning, growth, and transformation. Whatever way you want to unfold the next aspect of your best self, it's there and available to you anytime, day or night. And that's all the time we have this week. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. If you're enjoying this podcast, please consider supporting it by subscribing on Patreon. You can join in patron-only classes, see all my other offerings, and get regular updates about what I'm working on at patreon.com slash Thanks. Bye.